Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yawpcast for December 10th, 2018, featuring poet Laura Eve Engel leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I'm your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yawp is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. That's at 61 Bergen Street, off Smith Street, near the Bergen Street FG stop. For more info and to sign up, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup was a shortened open mic because we had the Poem of the Year Smackdown right after that. So this is part one of the podcast you are listening to. To hear the Smackdown, go directly to part two. Our open mic lineup for December featured... Hannah Donovan, Sarah Rogers, Colleen Lutoff, Candy Wolf, Todd Freeman, Julia Cohen, Alan Braverman, Richard Fine, Tim Gerber Fleury, and Jennifer Poteet. So, 10 readers this month. It's a shorter open mic than usual. I'm sure you can figure it out. And the winner of this open mic will be the first reader in our 2019 Poem of the Year Smackdown. So, anyway, part one of the Broken Poets Yawpcast for December. Uh, this is the open mic portion. Enjoy. Okay, welcome back, everybody. How are you feeling? Thank you. <laughs> I like that. I'm excited. I don't know who said that, but I love you. <laughs> Uh, this is the Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic Special Edition. We have uh, a shortened open mic tonight. Maybe that's not so special, but we have the reason why it's shortened is that we have our Poem of the Year Smackdown featuring our 12 winners of Yop Poem of the Month over the past year since last December 2017. Yes, let's get excited about that. It's so exciting that Arthur Russell is wearing a tuxedo. Let's give him a round of applause. It looks, it looks very sharp. And uh, not only that, but Emily Wilkinson has traveled all the way here from Australia to read tonight. Amazing. Uh, I'm definitely sure that's the first time that has ever happened. So uh, thank you. Thank you to Emily for making that trip. And uh, thank you all of you who are here tonight to support your, your fellow poets and to hear this poetry tonight. Sorry we don't have any more chairs. This is it. Um, where you're standing is beautiful. Try to make yourselves comfortable. Some people will inevitably leave, and you can steal their chairs. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Jason Koo, Executive Director of Book and Poets. Uh, a couple of announcements. We do have Christmas gifts over there for sale. <laughs> you don't realize they're Christmas gifts yet, but they are soon to become Christmas gifts once you buy them. They are all 20% off today. Uh, you can get them over there. We also have Laura Eve Engel's first book for sale, uh, so definitely check that out. It's, I think, the first time you're selling it in person, isn't it? Yeah, so that's exciting. You will be reading this book before anybody else, so uh, definitely get that book. We also have the Broken Poets Anthology for sale, 20% off. Uh, I don't have any announcements about events coming up because, like I said, at the workshop, this is the last event of the year, so I'm very excited about that. I'm about to go on vacay for some serious... Some serious time. You know what I'm talking about? Serious time. You know, people are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to do nothing. 
<laughs> because that nothingness is sweet to me <laughs> at this point in my life. Um, we will have workshops coming out at the beginning of the year, January, so look for those, as I mentioned, at the end of the workshop. And uh, that's pretty much it. If you don't have a ballot for tonight's SmackDown and you want to vote, uh, I'm pretty sure we still have, Maggie, do we still have ballots back there? So if you don't have a ballot, you might want to go get one of those. We are not doing a text message vote tonight simply for security reasons. At the smack, yeah, at the, at the smack, the smackdown last year, we had a couple people voting from outside 61 local, which was uh, super fucked up. Definitely not one of my favorite things that happen in Book and Poets, but uh, we are making sure that does not happen tonight. So if I get any text messages tonight, I'm gonna be very angry. <laughs> All right, so don't text me. You're gonna vote. Uh, by just circling the poet's name, and after the SmackDown, we will click them. So we're going to have 10 poets read tonight off the open mic list. This is actually an important open mic. Do you know why? Because it's the December month of the winner. Exactly. You can tell he's been here a lot, yes? <laughs> so the first winner of Poem of the Month for next year's SmackDown is decided tonight. So we actually have two votes. This might be a little bit confusing, I realize now. You are going to vote for tonight's Poem of the Month by text message, all right? So the number for that, and only for that, <laughs> is 718-374-1953. And I will repeat that a few different times. 718-374-1953. So just to vote for the Poem of the Month for tonight's open mic, these 10 readers, uh, you're going to use that number. And just text me the poet's name. That's the easiest way, all right? 718-374-1953. After that, I'm going to come up here again. We're not going to take a break because it's just going to be too much chaos. Uh, we're going to start the SmackDown. There's going to be 12 poets coming up here. They're each going to read the poem that won Poem of the Month for their respective month uh, in order from last December up through this past November. So, um, And then at the end of that, you're going to circle the poet's name. It's very exciting. I, I know it's super advanced. We're going to use paper tonight. How are you going to stop people from voting twice? That's a damn good question. <laughs> I'm not sure I have an answer for that, but thank you, Frank. Thank you for bringing up that. Put your name on your ballot. That's a good idea. Yeah, put your name on the ballot. Well, maybe that's not great for everyone. <laughs> Just don't vote twice, motherfuckers. <laughs> Just vote once. I mean, what is this, the Republican Party? Like, we can all be on our honor tonight. All right. Just vote once. Don't 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 fraud the fuck out of this thing. All right. I mean, there's only so many paper ballots anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you, friend. You're a lawyer. That's why you brought that. And it's, it's probably good that you brought that up. Um, yeah, put your name on if you want. If you want to be anonymous, just write anonymous and come up with a number for anonymous. I don't know. You know, We'll, we'll, just, we'll just trust that it's... If you if you vote twice, he's going to make sure we sue the fuck out of you and make sure you never show up here again. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else? I think that is it. Oh, we are recording a podcast tonight. We always record the, the open mic as a podcast. We are also recording the SmackDown as a podcast. It's called the Yobcast. Thank you to all of you who have been rating the iTunes, uh, the podcast on iTunes. We're up to, I think, 13 reviews, which is good, but certainly not great. Uh, <laughs> look at the amount of people here. I'm still waiting for all of you to just... Get on. It's super easy. You go on there, give us five stars. Beautiful. Anything less than five stars, just move, move it right along. You, don't, you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> but definitely help us. It helps people listen to it. Definitely helps people to uh, find it. Uh, so definitely look for the podcast. If you don't want to be in the recording, if you are reading tonight, you can just tell me. I can take you off the recording. No problem. 
Okay, uh, any questions? I have no idea. If you want to buy Laura's book, you can do that now. You can do that after the event. Uh, this is great. It's great to see so many people. All right, are we ready? So before the open mic proper, we have our feature reader tonight, which is, of course, our workshop professor. Give it up for Laura Eve Engel. Ooh, a fancy condenser mic. Hi. Uh, thanks. Oh, boy. Am I ready for this smackdown? Um, so I'm going to read two poems and get out of your way. Um, but... Uh, those of you who were here for the workshop know that we were talking about uh, poems occasioned uh, about the, the personal being political. So starting writing about political um, situations from the personal. Um, and that's a, an idea that I didn't come up with. It comes from probably way back, but certainly from uh, feminist ideology. Um, so I'm going to read this poem uh, that, I, that I wrote. And when I wrote it, I was sort of thinking about um, where I was when Columbine happened, which was in eighth grade. Um, and uh, when that happened, it was a real big sea change for a lot of things in schools and the world. And we've now, I think, more or less acclimated to that being the reality. But at the time, it really rocked everybody. Um, and uh, so this is just sort of a personal response to that situation. It's called All the Sciences. The year I fail all the sciences, there are many factors, but no one is in any way confused. The radio brimming with everything it knows about some shooters until it gets the shooters down to two. The dead men's rooms reveal nothing about unhappiness. What starts out as reason refusing to make more of itself has a way of becoming several mixed reports from the field, where I'm having a feeling of being 11 and watching the sunset. I'm having a feeling of my chest as a trunk full of blankets and answers to questions about who gets to keep a garden. Often enough, we return to the field with trowels, intentional. I'm told this is an American approach to the problem. I've been trying to figure out what it means to have an American approach to a problem. Maybe it's when I think the thoughts I have that don't work hard enough to stick probably weren't deserving of the field, and not when I think the ones that do are lucky. We like to be told what we're doing is difficult. So it's correct that the sky is mostly a flubbed forecast until the part where it turns to light or to egg down the calm sides of a mixing bowl. I remember that to make a solution, something needs to dissolve. Sunsets, the library, the parts we've picked apart with borrowed beaks or tractors. It feels good to get an old thing next to a new thing because of how sure it is that they'll never turn into each other. Or maybe it's because we like what putting a rock near a rocket says about what we can do in the meantime. Sometimes I like to read backwards until the bullet re-enters its gun, until the dead men remove their heads from the bags and are about to be hungry or can almost remember what they came into that room for or are born. Thank you. And while this book isn't entirely or even nearly remotely all political, um, it, I am going to read one more for you because uh, that's what we were talking about today. Um, this one is a bit more on the direct side. It, it is an occasional poem, which is not something I normally write, but this is occasioned by the inauguration of our current president. Um, uh, and it is called Burden of Belonging. 
Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2017. Today we are grieving our nation's peaceful transition of power. What we are really saying is we're scared about how many of us choose not to recognize we depend on one another to stay whole and unhurt. I am responsible for you. Here, hold my heart. Why am I glad for this burden of belonging when others are not? To whom do some of us not belong? Who hurt some of us so? But here they come again, this history of men who, when they were healthy, refused the hearts of their neighbors until they were weak from it. Now their suffering punches up out of the rich soil, thorny and asserting, you are not suffering, I am suffering. Something inside the weed urges it to knead and kill the garden, to offer and offer itself until it's choked all but its own color out. Where it was never written, not all suffering is created equal and not all need. Vigilance against the new appearance of old growth has never been enough. We must rewrite the ground. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Congrats again on your new book, which is for sale back there. Wow, it's amazing to see so many people. Sorry I don't have a seat, but that's the way it is. Uh, we're lucky they're not kicking us out. I'm pretty sure this is breaking fire code, but uh, keep it, just keep it down. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Uh, our first reader off the open mic list is Hannah Donovan. Give it up for Hannah. Um, so this poem's called The Walk Home or Post Chakra Cleansing Ramblings from uh, November 17th, 2018. My energy worker told me I shouldn't beg, but who's to say that's what it'll be? Sawdust and car exhaust smells a lot like Palo Santo if you're in the right mind, and I'm swamped in old memories looking for a new miracle, so I take a big gulp of air as I walk over the transmission hose on Grand at Morgan. The night air gnaws my hands down to the bone, and I'm wishing I'd grabbed the mittens your mom bought me last Christmas before leaving the house. I wound through a vintage shop to pick out a piece I'll never take off for you, but the speaker blared through my calm and I left empty-handed, floating past the waif with the heavy eyelids and the ready-to-buy impatience of a chill millennial, Wrangler jeans in tow. Every poem is an arm out to you. Even before I realize who I'm addressing, there it is, overstretched, taut but soft, growing tired but steeped in hope. Killed a coconut water and a green juice before I even rounded the corner onto Palmetto. My body is a temple, and you, my darling, are the only one I've ever let trash the place. Thanks. Thank you, Hannah. So you already got a vote for Poem of the Year Smackdown by text message. Okay. Was that you? Paper ballot. You heard everything I said, yes? Were you just fucking with me? You were just fucking with me. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. 
If you know me, you know I get incensed quickly. <laughs> so don't fuck with me tonight. All right, our next reader for the open mic is Sarah Lynn Rogers. Get it for Sarah. Hey, gang. Nice to see you all. Happy holidays. This poem is called Renter, and I wrote it when I still lived in a house with some friends in California. San Francisco's fog is named Carl, my husband says to his mother over my birthday dinner, halting the conversation for a moment. The fog shares a name with the man who died some 30-ish years ago, my mother-in-law's other life. Invoking this name is an accidental trespass into a past referenced only obliquely. The house's two sets of silverware, one from my first marriage. I'd seen the man Carl in an old photo, him youthful and overly tan. My mother-in-law also tan and beaming the way the young do before the wattage gets snuffed, full of something not yet extinguished. And in looking, I felt I was crossing a line, staring in at something not mine, the way I glanced through my neighbor's curtainless front window at their grand piano, their Christmas tree still stately and enormous, the first week of March, which is when I got caught looking, this neighbor inside the house narrowing her eyes at me on the sidewalk. How dare you look, the look said, when what I saw wasn't hidden. At dusk, the ravens who know no borders are bedding down within the country club, among their hundreds of brothers and sisters, scissoring through high branches, settling like a black cloud above the sterile expanse of golf course where I am not allowed to set foot. One I have seen from distant hilltops and through holes in a tall fence. I hate that the word Trump has been ruined forever by someone who believes he is untrumpable. I hate that I am comforted in knowing death will take him as it takes us all. <laughs> neutering the window not displays and pianos and the Lexus honking rage at me when I parked close in front of it at the curb in front of my house, I say, though I am a lowly renter. Property or the illusion of property makes one gaze trump another. The reason someone outside of the glass looking in is an affront to the person looking out from within it. Property is why inside my house, I look away if someone outside looks in at me. I know that I own nothing, really. The ravens know it, too. Everything in life is on lease, even the people we love. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Well done. Fuck Trump. <laughs> That's a good point. He's ruined that word, hasn't he? Uh, okay, he hasn't, he hasn't ruined the word fuck, definitely, but he's ruined the word Trump. Our next reader on the open mic list is Colleen, is it Luloff? Lutoff, sorry, Colleen Lutoff. Get up for Colleen. Hi. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Okay. This is called Practice for Leaving. The living room, moving boxes still. Even though the moving happened in February, and it is so hot now, 
The bookcase leans half full. The sun enters the room, moves through it, and leaves again. A visiting nurse, a full shift. It does this every day. I do this every day. Maybe each love is just practice for leaving. The imperceptible slow turn away, knowing that moment is as possible and impossible as looking away and then back again, and knowing there, that's when the clock's face changed, or that was daylight, and this, this is dusk, right? The fields outside the window are full of goldenrod, and the fields are green. Yours were dreams of leaving, knowing you was coming home. Thanks. Thank you, Colleen. Is that your first time reading the open mic? Yes. Do another round for Colleen. Uh, Hannah, too. Was that your first time? Where's Hannah? Second time. <laughs> well, let's give Hannah a round of applause, too. Thank you. Second time is good, also. Okay, so that was Colleen Lutoff. Before that was Sarah Rogers. And before that, the first reader was Hannah Donovan. Our next reader is a longtime yapper. Give it up for Candy Wolf. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, this one's from my mother. It's called I Break, B R A K E, for Little Free Libraries. I was doing my usual morning routine, walking on Ocean Parkway, where the bicycle path and pedestrian areas become one as it gets closer to Church Avenue. I walk on my little hill, though it's actually a big chunk of ground, where cement is swollen and broken. I think of it as my workout huddle, and my workout hurdle. In my mind, it's a forest, and as I walk through it, I smell the scent of dense greenery. A trail in Seattle, like the one where my cousin Debbie trains uh, yearly for the New York Marathon. As I cross Ocean Parkway, en route to catch my express bus to Manhattan, I begin to feel the loss of my mother. Today would be her birthday. She helped to fill my world, and now she's not in it. We used to take the bus to the city on her birthday and have cocktails at the plaza and lunch at P.J. Clark's on 3rd Avenue. We always looked at the dessert menu first and usually opted for a hot fudge sundae with vanilla ice cream and lots of whipped cream. My mother, Minna, wanted me to write a book about my parents' busy and fascinating lifestyle. <laughs> the travels that we experienced going to Europe on cruises and funny times like when we were in Italy and the tour bus driver was driving so fast on the narrow roads that my mother got nervous and shouted, Bambino, Bambino! And then he started to go faster because, because he thought that maybe she was having a baby. <laughs> I feel sad that I didn't get to write the book when she was here. But I arrived at the bus stop and got a whiff of Shalimar, my mother's favorite perfume. When I turned to ask the woman 
behind me, if that was her scent, I noticed a glass box on a pedestal behind her. It was like a little tree house. And the sign on top said, Little Free Library, take a book, return a book. The first one that caught my eye was, oh, the places you'll go. And then I felt my mother smile. Thank you. Thank you, Candy. That was lovely. Bambino, Bambino. Uh, our next reader is Todd Friedman. Give it up for Todd. called My Mother Returns to High School. Once, just once, I saw you as I turned the corner in the hallway of the high school where I teach. The same school where you once went. You had pigtails. And you clutched your books to your chest the way girls did in those days. You were alone. And you seem sad. You would only live to be twice that age. I can still see your handwriting in that letter you left. The circle swirling larger and larger. The room spinning out of control. The words no one will even notice looping off the page. Now you are walking fast. If I could have caught up to you, you wouldn't have known who I was. But maybe you, see, maybe you sensed some remonstrance coming. No. Now nearing 60, I would have assured you, don't worry. You will make your mark. Thank you, Todd. It's a short and open mic tonight, but it doesn't mean it's not good. This has been damn good so far. Uh, that was Todd Friedman. Before that was Candy Wolf. Before that was Colleen Lutoff, Sarah Rogers, and Hannah Donovan. We have five more readers off the open mic. Our next reader is Julia Cohn. Give it up for Julia. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Julia from Sheepside Bay. I just want to give a shout out to Michael and Betos, my friends that are here. <laughs> um, I have read here twice. I haven't read in a while. Um, this poem is a result of a movie I watched, which I can't remember the name of. You guys will probably know what it is, but it's called Ghost Flower. Um, they called it ghost, not only for its color, but for the fact that it could hide itself among the dense and water-laden plant life in the swamps where it grew wantonly a pure white tiny flower, thin as paper, trailing tendrils like a skirt that had been cut in curving shapes to demonstrate the latest fashion. There, against a backdrop of warm mud and droning insects, daring in its beauty, like a young girl dressed for parties she will never have an invitation to, just waiting 
ghost unseen, unheard, and queen of all the orchid family, nestles on a bed of greens and bows to its redeemer. Thank you. What's that? Sheep's at bay in the house. <laughs> Thank you, Excellent. Julia. Are you from Sheep's at Bay? Uh, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, our next reader is a longtime yopper, beautiful man. Give it up for Alan Braverman. So I have to get up. Okay. I have one poem uh, to read before the final completion of uh, before the final completion of who will be the upper of the year. It's nearly mid-December, and with the uh, end of Hanukkah and Christmas, will arrive soon. And I wish you all a joyous holiday. The poem I'm going to read is titled "My Path." As a retired teacher, it's historical, and hope the writing is not reduced to a lesson plan. <laughs> Oy vey. Okay. Nourishing destiny as I grasp the wind in the water of life, creating a world that works for all, and beyond the dogma in a path of tranquility, opening the heart of the cosmos, mending the gap between science and the humanities through the alchemy of touch, an east-west journey to Ruby, Maimonides, Whitman, and Hughes. Can I discover order in a turbulent world the tree of knowledge in the root to the roots of wisdom, dreaming of the lotus, the I Ching, the Tao, the Upanishads, the Buddha, the Kabbalah, the holy scriptures old and new, the Quran, the music of the Sufi, the spirituality of the indigenous consumed by Islam and Christianity, and the ascent of our species within the elegant universe from chaos to the norm of predictability the wholeness of the natural world tying rocks to clouds, the calmer, dharmer, and drama of Mother Nature, whose maternal instincts are nurturing rather than ominous with the hope of harmony as our planet in a predestined orbit may one day change course. Thank you, Alan. Uh, our next reader is one of our original yoppers. Give it up for Richard Fine. He was somewhere between my knee and hip when I walked with him to first grade. He was in his dinosaur suit and holding Sonic the Hedgehog. They permitted such costumes and toys, but only for first graders. Ninja Turtles, My Little Ponies, Barbies, saliva-drenched blankets, <laughs> all milled about along with lots of frightened children. The second graders were, were already in line. They saw my son 
and all the other first graders and giggled, babies, <laughs> babies. I expected tears and a tightening of, of his hand around mine. I waited for, Daddy, I want to go home. All this I expected from my first grader in his dinosaur suit and holding his hedgehog doll. But he ripped free from both my hand and hedgehog, yelling, rockets away. <laughs> he was first to get online and became the catalyst that got the other first graders assembled. The teachers, like friendly marine drill sergeants, kept them all in line as, we mar <clears throat> as the march from babyhood began. He didn't even wave to me as they paraded through the door. No call of Daddy, Daddy. It was I who called out his name until the school metal door slammed shut. My hand ached to hold his hand, but instead, <clears throat> but instead I, I clutched Sonic the Hedgehog, who had forgotten to go, go along with him. I, then I walked home, sadly but happily, without him. Oh, that takes me back. Thank you, Richard. Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. How many? Raise your hand. How many of you remember Sonic the Hedgehog? That's a lot of you. Do people still? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. You don't have to be old to know that. Well, now I feel really old. All right. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, that was Richard Fine. We have two readers left off the open mic list. Our next reader is Tim Gerber Flurry. Give it up for Tim. Yeah. All right. I'm going to turn this way a little bit. All right. So this guy's a long time coming. Um, it's a love poem, and I uh, don't think I've ever wrote one before. It is called Little Bird. You are at peace, at peace the most when you're asleep. Under blankets and comforter, your safest fort, your strongest armor. In your slumber, you have conquered my heart, mastered my love, and I have surrendered to you. I have given up my power, my soldiers have gone home, and I am kneeling before you. My allegiance is yours. You are a lush garden of exotic plants, resonating with a soft melody played on hood and piano. A light breeze ruffles leaves and petals. I get lost in you, distracted in my contemplation of every one of your flowers, hypnotized by the music. I know I could live here forever, cradled in the moss, fed by your fruits, a, s a thousand years wouldn't tarnish my passion. In a crowded place, I look for your face. It is the only one that comforts me. My safety is within your walls. My joy is your words. You are the primordial fire, the first flame which lit up a human's face. Consume me. Let me be your fuel. For there is so much for you to burn for. So many dark paths 
for you to light. So many lost souls to guide back home. You are a beacon, mine and others. You are the winter sun. You warm, your warms brighten the day. Your golden rays bounce off windows and catch the corner of my eye. You stretch the shadows to the horizon. You make them pepper thin, almost insignificant and invisible. You could not bear more darkness in this world. You are Gilgamesh. I am Enkidu. I came to you reckless, a man-beast within the heart of fury, and you humbled me. The laughter in your voice is the battle cry of a long-lost civilization who preferred love to war. They now live within they now live within us all. Just look. You are the dawn and the dusk, both the beginning and the end. You are the desert at noon. You are autumn and spring. You are a Joshua tree. You are a Nocatillo. You are a Calza field, and you are the, soil, the soil in which they all grow. You let me borrow your name, and I attached it to mine, with an iPhone like a bridge, going from who I am to who I became. You gave me a new identity, one I carry proudly like a banner, because it's yours and mine. I am one, but I am two. You will wake up in a few minutes and set the world ablaze with the fire of your being. I am eager to witness your splendor. Well, Lauren, you're a lucky woman. <laughs> I like that he turned to you to read that. That was so beautiful. Uh, well, I'll never see you again the same way, Lauren. Uh, thanks, Tim. You're, you're like a thousand more things now. So, well done. I didn't really mean that to be funny. I don't know if, I don't know if people took that as an insult. That was not an insult. Uh, our last, is Bonnie Belay here? No. She's not here? Bonnie, Bonnie Belay, Bonnie Belay. Oh, wow, okay. Ten readers, she didn't show up. <laughs> That's right, the man is back. All right, we have one more reader off the wait list. This is your guest, Arthur Jennifer Poteet. Is that how you pronounce it? Jennifer Poteet. Give it up for Jennifer. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, the poem I have tonight is called Old Things. My blue childhood spoon is a favorite tool to stir giblet gravy. Mother's botanical Port Marion plates and Danish modern knives shine on the linen tablecloth embroidered with gold thread, now faded. I've added to the spoils of my inheritance of stuff, three Archie jelly glasses, Veronica, Jughead, and Betty. Red Bakelite bracelets clink halfway up my arm, a copper pot from an estate sale, jadeite salt and pepper shakers. Together we survive the days and nights, yet all I own will outlive me. Every object not broken, thrown away, stolen or lost, beckons for polish. And on occasion, I am asked, 
Do you love me best when I hold one up to the light? Thank you, Jennifer. Okay, that's it for the open mic. Wow, so so quick. Thank you for our open mic readers. Not, not only were those poems good, but they were super efficient, <laughs> which is, uh, if you know me, that's definitely, definitely gets points in my book. Uh, so going backwards, remember, we have to vote for Poem of the Month for December 2017. This will be the first finalist for next year's Poem of the Year Smackdown, December 2019. So going backwards, that was Jennifer Poteet. Is that how you pronounce it, Poteet? Yeah. Okay, Jennifer Poteet. Before that was Tim Gruber-Fleury, Richard Fine, Alan Braverman, Julia Cohen, Todd Friedman, Candy Wolf, Colleen Lutoff, Sarah Rogers, and Hannah Donovan. All right. So the number to vote for Poem of the Month is 718-374-1953. All right. This is only for Poem of the Month. Not for poem of the year. If you give me a, po a vote for poem of the year, I will not count it. All right? Poem of the month, 718-374-1953. This is impressive that you guys are balancing this chips and quack on, on two laps. Yeah. Does everyone have that? 718-374-1953. I can safely say this is the most people we've ever had at this open mic. It's very excited. So many people that uh, half of you are not even listening to me, which is cool. So, there you have it, the shortened Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for December. Thanks to our brilliant prof, our new brilliant prof, Laura Eve Engel, for leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. Laura will be teaching uh, her very first workshop for Brooklyn Poets starting on February 13th, 2019. We already have a couple of people registered for that, even though we haven't even officially opened registration, so it shows you just how popular Laura is and what an impact she had at this YOP. She's teaching a workshop on the uh, personal as political, or the, actually the official title of the workshop is The Personal is Political, Poetry is Consciousness Raising. So if you're interested in that, go to brokenpoets.org, check it out. Uh, early registration ends on February 3rd. If you are not a member, you get $15 off until then. If you get a membership or you are a member, it's of course $25 off at any time. Uh, congrats to Hannah Donovan. Uh, for winning Poem of the Month for December. She is now the first finalist for the 2019 Poem of the Year Smackdown, which is uh, going to be awesome. If you are interested in listening to the 2018 Poem of the Year Smackdown, of course, it is going to be part two of this podcast coming soon, right after I finish editing this one. Uh, Hannah has won Poem of the Month by audience vote for her poem, The Walk Home or Post Chakra Cleansing Ramblings from 111718. Uh, not only a good poem, but probably the longest title of any winning poem we've had at the Up Open Mic. So, congrats to Hannah. Uh, and that about wraps it up for this short and open mic podcast. And I'm going to now move on to part two. So, hope you had a great New Year's Eve last night. I certainly did. And I'm working on this extremely hungover. Uh, much later in the day than I wanted to, but I hope you enjoy the fruits of my labors on January 1st.